morning, everyone. It's lovely to be here again. Um, Now, over the summer, we're, as a church, going through our daily Bible readings, and they're going through the Psalms. Um, Who's read today's chapters? (laughs) Some people, that's good. (laughs) Well, we're going to look at uh, one of the chapters that we, um, is today's Bible reading, which is Psalm 27. So let's read together Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, Even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle, And set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call to you, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me, from your servant. Sorry, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not hand me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, in the news and media this week, there have been reports about the war in Ukraine and other places around the world. There are reports of hunger, poverty, drought, warnings of climate change and global warming, news of political uncertainty and unrest, and continuing reports of how health and social care services are struggling to meet current demands. And now these all seem not to just be far-off issues in other parts of the world anymore, but they're beginning to feel closer to home. They're affecting the people that we come into contact with, people we know and love, and even ourselves. When we begin to focus on these issues and all the difficulties, things can quickly seem to become bleak and hopeless. We can become overwhelmed And then on the flip side, when we look at social media and advertising, we see images of the good life, 
happy, healthy, smiling people in families or not lonely who are encouraged to and are able to buy, do and be whatever they want. When we look at our own lives, it is easy to feel discontentment or jealousy as this is not always our experience. So let's look together at Psalm 27. This psalm is written by David. It is a song, a hymn about God's goodness in the midst of difficult and challenging situations. It may have been sung when the Israelites were preparing for battle. It's not known exactly at what point in David's lifetime it was written or what for. Some scholars think it may have been written early on in David's lifetime, before he became king. Others think that it was written when he was old and the decision was made for him not to be king anymore. Sorry, not to, ba- not to fight in battle anymore. The psalm can be split into five sections. It begins and ends with a note of confidence in who God is. At the beginning in verse 1 it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? And at the end, verses 13 and 14, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. It is a reminder that the Lord, Yahweh, is the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. The second and fourth sections of this psalm mention the enemy. War and battle were a very real physical presence through much of David's life. He also experienced challenges within his own family. We read in 2 Samuel chapter 15 how his own son, Absalom, turned against him and betrayed him. David also knew what it was to suffer the loss of a child and also of his best friend, Jonathan. He knew heart-wrenching grief and sadness firsthand. David mentions some of the difficult situations he has been in or is in in Psalm 27. Verses 2 and 3 say, When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and foes attack me, though war break out against me. And verse 12 False witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. It would have been easy for David to be overwhelmed by his physical situation, the reality of the difficulty of what he was living through. Yet David has a different perspective, and he does not just get stuck in the negative situation. He ends verses 2 and 3 by saying, that when enemies and foes rise up against me, they will stumble and fall. And that though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. David was utterly convinced of God's goodness and faithfulness. He knew that despite the look of his current circumstances, God was working and would bring goodness into his situation. The central section of the psalm, verses 4 to 6, is the main focus, the central point of main importance. One thing I ask of the Lord, 
This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. David has placed the key theme at the centre of the psalm. His one request is to always dwell in God's house, to be in Yahweh's presence his whole life. This is not a prayer for God to remove him from trouble or for him never to be in troublesome, difficult or challenging situations again. Rather, this is an acknowledgement that trouble and enemies will come, but that if he is seeking God first, then in the day of trouble, God will keep him safe in his dwelling. God will hide him in the shelter of his tabernacle, his house. He will lift him upon a rock, secure, firm ground. God will exalt him or lift him up above his enemies. He will bring him to safety. Focusing on Yahweh and who he is enables David to have a different perspective on the difficult situations that he experiences. He knows that he is not alone in difficult times and that God is there with him. But not only that, he also knows that God will work through the difficult and challenging situations and enable him to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. When reading these verses about David wanting to live in the house of the Lord, seeking him in his temple and sacrificing at his tabernacle, it is interesting to realise that in David's lifetime, the temple of God as a building did not exist. The Ark of the Covenant was a tent, yet David had a great desire to build a temple for Yahweh. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, we read, After the king was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a palace of cedar, while the ark of God remains in a tent. But God told, Nathan, God, but God told David through Nathan that he was not the one to build the temple. God gave David a promise that his offspring, his son, would be the one to build the temple. Yet God went beyond the promise of a physical, earthly heritage of stone for David and says to David in 2 Samuel 7, verse 16, Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. God is promising David that his son will be the one to build him a temple, an earthly dwelling place but that also David's house and his kingdom will be eternally lasting. David responded in prayer and praise to God. Your words are trustworthy and you have promised these good things to your servant. From 2 Samuel 7 verse 28. So who was the son that God says in 2 Samuel 7 will build his temple? It is Solomon. 
When I was preparing for this sermon and looking into things a bit more, I was really struck by this. Who is Solomon's mother? Bathsheba. And we read in 2 Samuel 11 verse 1 that quite some time after David had received his promise about the temple from God, that that spring in the time when kings go off to war, David remained in Jerusalem. David chose to stay behind, to not go to war, to not do what the kings were meant to do. In 2 Samuel 11, verses 2 to 4, it says, One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone out to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Sometimes we find ourselves in difficult situations because of things that happen to us, things that are out of our control. But sometimes we find ourselves in difficult situations because of choices we have made and things we have done. Sometimes it starts with seemingly insignificant little decisions, like David choosing to stay at home. He'd spent a lot of his life in battle. Why not sit this war out? But being in the wrong place left David open to another wrong choice. If he wasn't at home, he wouldn't have seen Bathsheba. Adultery led on to the murder of Bathsheba's husband, Uriah. David's one wrong choice led to a series of bad decisions and actions. He had missed the mark, fallen short, sinned. Yet David recognised his wrongdoing and repented. He did not become stuck in his wrongdoing or his difficult situation. There were still consequences to his actions. The firstborn son to Bathsheba and David died. Yet we then read in 2 Samuel 12 verses 24 to 25. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and he went to her and lay with her. She gave birth to a son, and they named him Solomon. The Lord loved him, and because the Lord loved him, he sent word through Nathan the prophet to name him Jedidiah, which means loved by the Lord. We can see the goodness of God so clearly here. God could have written David off because of what he had done, especially his relationship with Bathsheba. Yet he chose to provide David with another son by Bathsheba, and he chose to love that son, Solomon. God worked through the situation to bring good. It is Solomon, the child born to David and Bathsheba, that is the one who God uses to fulfill his promise to David to build the temple of the Lord in 1 Kings chapter 6. Yet not only that... When we read the family tree of Jesus in Matthew 1, whose names do we find? Matthew 1 verse 1 says, A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And verse 6 reads, Jesus, the father of King David, 
David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. David and Solomon's names are right there in the family line of Jesus. God not only fulfilled his promise back in 2 Samuel to David by allowing one of his sons to build the temple, but he also fulfilled his promise to give David an eternal heritage. And God chose to do this through a seemingly bleak and bad situation. Through his redemptive power, he used it for good. Jesus' life on earth can be seen as the literal, physical fulfillment of Psalm 27, verse 13, where David says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Jesus is the embodiment of the goodness of God. If we want to know what the goodness of God is like, then we can look at the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus didn't have the picture-perfect portrayal of the good life. He was born to a virgin. His first bed was an animal's feeding trough. He spent some of the first part of his life in exile. He knew temptation. He never married or had children. He was disliked by many. He was betrayed and eventually killed by crucifixion. Yet, throughout his life, wherever he went, Jesus brought God's goodness into the situation. Not a quick fix sticking plaster, but life-changing transformation. He healed the sick, drove out demons, calmed storms, performed miracles, forgave sins, all with the purpose of bringing people into fullness of life through relationship with him, everlasting, eternal life. David missed the mark many times in his life. He was far from perfect. Yet God says of him in Acts 13, verse 22, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. David is known as a man after God's heart. In Psalm 27, verse 8, it says his desire was to seek God's face. God looks at the heart. He wants a real, lasting relationship with us. He wants us to involve him in every aspect of our lives. He wants to be with us in every situation we are going through the good and the bad. He isn't looking for perfection. He is looking for relationship, for people whose one desire is to seek him first. David did not get to see the fulfillment of God's promise to him in his lifetime. He did not see the temple being built, and nor did he live on earth to see the completion of his eternal heritage in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Sometimes we do not get to see the completion of the promise or the completion of the goodness of God in our lifetime, as we are only seeing things from our earthly perspective within time. Yet as we read in Psalm 27, 
Despite his earthly circumstances, David remained convinced of the goodness of God. Verses 13 and 14 say, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. God's goodness is different to our agenda, what we want, how we think things should work out. And it is very different to the social media advert of what the good life looks like. So often, as can be seen in the lives of David and Jesus, God works through the challenges of life to bring growth and goodness, and through death to bring life. God doesn't promise us an easy life. Jesus even said to the disciples in John 16, verse 33, that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. God's timing and his time scale are also different to ours. When we are living through something, it can feel all-encompassing and that there is no end. Yet God is outside of time and he is working for the eternal goodness of those who love him and for his glory. As it says in 2 Peter 3 verses 8 to 9, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And God, in his goodness, did not leave us to struggle on through our difficulties on our own when he went back to heaven. Jesus said in Luke 11, verses 11 to 13, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We have the gift, the good gift of the Holy Spirit. God with us, God inside us, available to us to help us today if we only ask. Some of us here today may be going through difficult situations ourselves. For some of us, the circumstances may have been forced on us or happened to us without us having any say in them. Others of us may have had a part in bringing about the difficult situations by choices we've made and steps that we've taken that have led us in the opposite direction, away from God and the fullness of life he has for us. Yet like David... We can choose not to be bound or dragged down by our circumstances. We can choose again to look to God, to see his goodness, to repent and ask for forgiveness if that is needed. We can choose to seek him again first, to draw near to him and ask for his Holy Spirit to be with us, 
and to work for good in our situation. As David lists in Psalm 27, God is our light, our salvation, our shelter, our helper. We can trust in his goodness and trust that he will fulfill what he has promised in his perfect timing. There is no situation too dark or too difficult for God to come into and to bring his goodness. We can stand firm today with David and say with absolute certainty that whatever our circumstances, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord.